members of my body waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. Oh, what a wretched man I am who will rescue me from the, this body of death. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I want to preach as the Holy Spirit shall give me help from the topic, victory. Look at your neighbor wherever you are. Look at yourself in the mirror. Say, neighbor, you can experience victory through Jesus. Lord, bless your word. Bless your preacher. Anoint your words, my mouth. Let your word do the work of sowing seeds of victory in our lives. Lord, we claim we are not bound by any addiction, any habits, any negative cycles, any ways of thinking, but through and in the powerful name of Jesus Christ, we can experience victory. Lord, deliver, set free, break cycles. In Jesus' name, amen. If you had to characterize and describe the life, ministry, and persona of the Apostle Paul, what language would you employ and use? If you had to describe the persona of Paul, the great theologian, missionary, preacher, Apostle to the Gentiles, what language would you use? If you were charged with the task of using adjectives, Sister Lauren, to describe the Apostle Paul, what descriptive language would you use to describe Paul of Tarsus? As a Christian, Paul was both gritty and gracious. As a preacher of the gospel, Paul was both anointed and ambitious. As a teacher of the good news of Jesus, Paul was both bold and biblical. As a mentor to Timothy, Titus, and countless others, Paul was both godly and generous. As a missionary, Paul was both faithful and flexible. As protege to Barnabas and Gamaliel, Paul was both teachable and thoughtful. If we are familiar and acquainted with the life, ministry, and persona of the Apostle Paul, we can acknowledge and testify they are countless adjectives that we could use to describe his life, ministry, and personality. While there are many adjectives we can use to describe the life, ministry, and persona of the Apostle Paul, this particular New Testament text gives insight on how Paul sees himself. We can see 
people on one way. But how do people see themselves? Let me make it closer to home. People can see you one way. But how do you see yourself? Can I preach this word? And according to this particular New Testament text, Paul does not necessarily see himself the way everybody else sees him. If we're honest with ourselves, Paul sees himself as a living, confused con contradiction of what it means to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Paul is not talking about himself as a theologian, as a missionary, as a preacher, as the author of more than two-thirds of the New Testament. Paul is not describing himself in language that is lofty, but Paul sees himself as a struggling, sanctified sinner. I wish I had some help. According to this text, Paul does not necessarily see himself the way we see Paul. Paul, help me preach this watch chapel, is conflicted, convoluted, confused, and a contradiction. Only the real people can appreciate this kind of preaching. Paul is a saint, but Paul is struggling. Paul is faithful, but Paul is still fake. Paul is victorious, yet Paul is a victim. Paul is holy, but Paul is also hellish. Paul is grounded, Paul is also greedy. Paul is loving, but Paul is lukewarm. Paul is hopeful. Paul is also a hater. Paul is consecrated, but Paul is also carnal. Paul is sanctified, but Paul is also struggling. Paul is confused, conflicted, and a living contradiction. For those of us who would be honest with ourselves on this Sunday morning, I don't know about you, that sounds a lot like me. As I said, only the real folk will say amen and shout with me on this. Some of y'all are too sanctimonious. Some of y'all are above reproach. You are totally filled with the Holy Ghost 24-7, 365. You don't think crazy stuff. You don't say crazy stuff. You don't have recall issues of what you did 30 years ago. But there's some of us who got to admit on this Sunday morning, I'm saved, but I struggle. I, I, I love the Lord, but I, there's some folk who get on my...
Paul is struggling. And notice, this is not a spiritual neophyte. This is not a recent convert. This is not somebody who just walked down the aisle, just completed new disciples class. This is a spiritual giant in the faith. This is not somebody who does not know the basics of the faith of Jesus Christ. This is somebody who has walked with God. This is Paul. This is Paul. If you read the Acts of the Apostles, Paul was the leader of the missionary movement. Y'all ain't talking to me. Paul wrote more than two-thirds of the New Testament Paul was the man who saw the third heaven and was raptured up to the presence of Almighty God. Yet Paul says, the good that I would do, I don't find myself doing the evil I don't want to do. That's what I find myself doing. Oh, wretched man, and let me be gender inclusive. Oh, wretched woman that I am. Saved but struggling, consecrated but confused, holy but hellish, in the church but on the fence, love the Lord. There's some folk who get on my nerves. Yet Paul, verse 25, walk with me, watch chapel, says, oh, wretched man that I am, but thanks be to God. Despite our struggles, we can have victory. Somebody needs to hear that word on this Sunday morning. Despite what you are going through in your life, we can experience victory because of Jesus Christ. Despite the patterns of behavior that we have embraced and wrestled with since we were 12 years old, we can experience victory because of Jesus Christ. Let me preach this to hope somebody on this Sunday morning. I ain't trying to help somebody. I'm trying to hope somebody on this Sunday morning. You don't have to fail. You and I don't have to give in. You and I don't have to give up. You and I don't have have to give out despite the struggles, despite the strain, despite the strife, we can experience victory because of the power of Jesus Christ. I don't care how great the temptation is. I don't care where you are, what you are about to do, what you are about to put in your body, what you are thinking, what you have given up on. You and I can experience victory because of Jesus Christ. Let me help somebody on this Sunday morning. I dare somebody to look to Jesus for the source of your strength I'm struggling but I can experience victory I'm confused but I can experience victory I am weak but I can experience victory because of Jesus Christ 
How do I experience victory? I'm glad you asked, Watch Chapel. How does Paul experience victory regardless of what he is struggling with? Paul is conflicted, confused, a contradiction, struggling. His spirit is weak, but the flesh is willing. Can I preach this? Yet Paul says, thanks be to God that I can experience victory. How do we experience victory? First of all, we experience victory, Watch Chapel, when we are humble enough to be honest. You and I can experience victory when we are humble enough to be honest. Pride will make us delusional and live in that city called denial. That's them, not me. Ain't nothing wrong with me. I'm good. I'm strong. Ain't impacting me. Many of us, help me preach this, saints, have yet to experience deliverance, breakthrough, liberation, and victory that Jesus offers because of pride. When pride has a hold of us, we won't ask for help. When pride has a hold of us, we will lie to ourselves. When pride has a hold of us, we won't look in the mirror because the mirror ain't telling us what our ego wants to hear. When pride has a hold of us, it's them, not us. When pride has a hold of us, it's mama, it's daddy, it's big sis, it's papa, it ain't me. But when you and I arrive at the point where we are humble enough to say, nah, it ain't mama, it ain't daddy, it ain't my wife, it ain't my husband, it ain't my children, it ain't my boss, it ain't my co-worker, it ain't the school, it ain't my counselor, it's me. Once we arrive at the point where we are willing to face our stuff, then God can fix it. And victory through the power of Jesus Christ begins when you and I are on, humble enough to be honest. Maybe that's the question we need to raise on this Sunday morning. Am I humble enough to be honest? And I'm not talking about being honest with anybody. I'm talking about being honest with you. Am I humble enough? Do I have enough God in me? Do I have enough Holy Ghost in me to be honest with myself? I can lie to the world. I can act like it ain't real. I can act like a duck don't quack all day. That ain't really a duck. It's a chicken. Amen. But there has to be a point in my life where I got to be humble enough to be honest with myself. Paul, there are many things we can say about Paul, but if you read Romans chapter 7, Paul is humble enough to be honest. 
And Paul can experience victory and is on his way down the road of victory and liberation because he is honest with himself. Am I humble enough to be honest? I can't stop right there, Watch Chapel. But Paul experiences victory because not only is he humble enough to be honest, he is willing to ask for assistance. It's one thing to be honest, it's another thing to ask for assistance. This is an anti-pride sermon. Pride has killed more black folk than crack cocaine. We talk about the Klan, white nationalism, ain't nothing got anything on pride. I ain't talking about just black folk, I'm talking about anybody who's watching. Pride has killed more Asians, Caucasians, Europeans, black folk than anything. Pride has destroyed more marriages, go on preach pastor has destroyed more businesses, more organizations, destroyed more families. Paul is articulating a ask for assistance. Paul can't do it in his own power. If you read all of Romans, help me preach this watch chapel, you got to make your way, Dr. Adela, into Romans 8 where Paul is talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. Chapter 7 sets up chapter 8 where Paul is talking about the power of the Holy Ghost. But chapter 7 doesn't make sense until you read chapter 8 because Paul in chapter 7 is talking about what he can't do with his own power. Paul can't live in his own power. He can't serve in his own power. He can't smile in his own power. He can't resist temptation in his own power. He can't preach. He can't teach. can't serve in his own power. But Paul is articulating assistance from the Holy Ghost. And let me help somebody on this Sunday morning. All of us have been there at a time in life where we could not do it in our own power. If you ain't been there yet, keep on living. Come on, can I preach this? You, you think you tough. You think you strong. You think you are masculine. You think you are feminine. You think you got it all together. There's going to be a time, there's going to be a moment, there's going to be a season where you and I are going to have to say, God, I can't do this in my own power. Look, I've been to NA, but NA wasn't enough. I've been to GA, but GA wasn't enough. I've been to Al-Anon, that wasn't enough. I've been to Holly Hill, that wasn't enough. I've talked to the preacher, I've prayed, I've fasted, but God, I need you. Let me help somebody right now. God is gracious and loving enough to meet us where we are. There's some of us, can I preach this, who have yet to have all that God says we can have because we are not willing to ask for assistance. How many blessings have we left on the table because we didn't ask God? 
How much resolve have we left unclaimed because we didn't ask God? How much illumination have we not experienced because we didn't ask God? How much Holy Ghost have we not experienced because we didn't ask God? Come here, James. You have not. Come on, talk to me because you ask not or you ask amiss. Maybe the word for somebody listening is to be humble enough to be honest, but to dare enough to ask. Ask God for help. Ask God for power. Ask God for the people you need in your life. Ask God for protection. Ask God for favor. Ask God for the resolve. And let me help somebody. You can't just ask on Sunday. The devil is a full-time rascal. You better ask on Monday. You better ask on Sunday evening after the benediction. You better ask whenever you get weak. Whenever your body is weak, whenever you get tempted, whenever you get frail, that's when you ask. Don't just ask on the mountain. You better ask in the valley. You better ask when you're on 40. You better ask when you get a phone call. You better ask at... Victory. When I'm humble enough to be honest, victory... When I'm willing to articulate and ask for assistance, victory. When I'm willing to recall the record of the Redeemer. The Redeemer has a record. <laughs> Come on, talk to me. Uh, let me. Let me make it plain. For the personnel crowd, uh, recall the resume. Yes, sir. Of the Redeemer. Paul is in Romans 7, but whatever Paul talks about the power of God, Paul can recall, Paul can recollect, Paul can reflect, Paul can remember about all that God has done for him. I said I wasn't going to holler this morning, but I feel my help coming. Because when I start talking about the resume of the Redeemer, I start thinking about all that God has done in my life. I'm not talking about what he did for James and John. I'm not talking about what he did for Moses and Abraham. I'm talking about what he did, what he's doing, what he's going to do for me. And you and I can have victory in the present tense because we can recall all that God did in our past. Do I have anybody who can recall God's resume in your life? I ain't talking about looking at somebody else's resume. I'm talking about looking at your own resume. I, 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 I don't even have to go back 50 years. Y'all ain't talking to me. I'm talking about going back five months ago. Folk got laid off, but you still kept your job. Or you got laid off, but you got another job a week later. Folk around you lost their mind, but God kept your mind. 
enemies stand against you and say what they were going to do to you. But God said no weapon formed against you would prosper. Your child was sick and I see you. But now God healed and made a way. I'm talking about your recall of what God has done. Do I have a witness in here? Does anybody have a recall of what you've seen God do in your own life? Y'all ain't talking to me this morning. I'm talking about somebody who has seen God open doors. You have seen God provide. You have seen God do the miraculous. You shouldn't have what you have, but God did it. That's your testimony right there. I shouldn't be preaching, but God did it. I shouldn't have sense in my head, but God did it. I shouldn't be alive, but God did it. And let me help somebody right now. He's still doing it. He's still making ways. He's still opening doors. He's still healing bodies. He's still pouring down blessings. He's still protecting. He's still making enemies behave. Yes, he is. So go on, walk in your victory. Go on, get up off the floor. Go on, dust your shoulder off. Because we got a savior who got great recall. God for what he did cause I know what he can do if he did it then I said if he did it then if he did it then he can do it right now thank God for victory thank God for breakthrough away pour out flush that loud down the drain take them numbers out your phone block some stuff so y'all only the real folk gonna say amen y'all ain't You don't need a plan B. Walk in your deliverance. Walk in your, just in case. Now, honey, you set free. You delivered. You walk in your victory. As conflicted, confused as we are, we can have victory. You don't have to go back into Egypt. And this is for the real people. Temptation ain't the sin. The closer you get to God, there's, more, there's some stuff that's going to tempt you more. That ain't the sin. The sin is when you and I yield. 
I got a buddy. He said, I'm saved. I ain't blind. Y'all will get that later. Y'all. Some of y'all ain't got that yet. Huh? He said, the three-second rule. Anything over three seconds gets you in trouble. Somebody right now, my sister, my brother, if you're not saved, we want you to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. You go to the Contact Us tab. We're talking about salvation. We're not talking about church membership. We're talking about salvation. You go to the Contact Us tab. You and I can't live victorious without Jesus. Jesus is the key to victory. Jesus gives a new life, abundant life, eternal life. We can experience victory because of Jesus. The same Jesus who saved Paul gave Paul victory. Paul was a bounty hunter. Jesus saved him. And the same God who can save you can keep you. Same God who can save you can keep you. Everybody stumbles, but you, you don't have to fall. You can stumble just because you tripped. You ain't looking. But I, hey, I ain't. I'm, I'm on my feet now. I ain't going down. And if I find myself going down, help me, Holy Ghost. Somebody, you need a church home. You need folk that are going to pray with you and for you. You need some real Christians. You don't need no self-righteous, judgmental believers in your life who looking down on you because you got weaknesses. That ain't the church. That's a museum. Church is a hospital. Hospital, you need help. Patients help other patients. You ever go to a rehab unit? They helping each other. That's what the church is. We are iron that sharpens iron. Go to the contact us. You want to join the church. There's somebody. Next 24 hours, God's going to send somebody who needs some real believers in their life who are going to help them on the journey. We help each other on the journey. We are iron that sharpens iron towards one another. Watch Chapel, we thank you for your faithfulness in giving. We thank you for being a tithing congregation. We ask that you would continue to be faithful in tithing and giving. We are able to do all that we do because we are a tithing, giving congregation. And we thank you. In many ways you can give, you can give through our website, watchchapel.org backslash giving, text to give, WCMBC 73256, PayPal, stewardship at watchchapel.org, cash app, dollar sign, watchchapel, please include your full name, or you can mail, thank God for the postal service, 3703 Tryon Road, Raleigh, North Carolina, 27606. If you're a member of Watch Chapel, we encourage you to be a faithful, consistent, cheerful tither and giver.
If you're not a member but believe in what God is doing here, we receive what you send and we'll put it to ministry use. You don't have a church home, we invite you to become a member of the Watch Chapel Church family. We're about to celebrate the Lord's Supper. As we prepare to celebrate the Lord's Supper, we want to do so reverently. The Bible says, let him, let her examine himself or herself, lest we partake of the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner, and we will sin against the body and blood of our Lord and Savior. Paul said to the church at Philippi, that same Paul, a man, a woman ought to examine himself or herself before he takes, eats the bread and drinks the cup. Amen. On the night, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to partake of this holy meal, this holy ordinance of the Lord's Supper. We do so reverently. We do so thankfully. We do so examining ourselves. Lord, we repent of every sin, every bad way of acting, reacting, thinking, talking crazy, not asking for help. Forgive us. Created us clean hearts, renewing us right spirits. New beginning today. In Jesus' name, amen. On that night, he took the bread, says, this is my body. He broke it. Do this in remembrance of me and we do likewise. After he took the bread, he took the cup. This covenant is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And we do likewise. He said, whenever you eat this bread or drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Amen, Watch Chapel. We thank you. You tell yourself, tell your neighbor. I'm preaching a sermon on self-talk in a few weeks. When you talk to yourself, amen, say, I got victory in Jesus' name. That's the hashtag today, Watch Chapel. I got victory because of Jesus. Because of Jesus, I have victory. Amen. Our choir is going to bless us. They went out, they sang a hymn. Bless us, choir. Got victory in Be unto Jesus because of what he has done and what he continues to do, we have victory. And as we go throughout this, we continue to sing this.
Hey, Watch Chapel, this is your pastor. Welcome to Watch Chapel on this, the first Sunday in the month of May. We are shouting out all of our friends and family across the world. We're shouting out our friends and family to, from Carson, California, to Tampa Bay, Florida. Shouting out our family and friends in the Midwest, Milwaukee, Dayton, Columbus, Cincinnati, Kansas City, Missouri. Shouting out our friends and family in the Mid-Atlantic region, the whole DMV. Shouting out those, our international audience.